we wrote down a few principles that we believe have been, well, we know have been the most key to our success. And we're going to give them to you guys right here today on a platter, and we're going to use illustrations to illustrate what these look like practically. We have freedom. We have lots of cash. We are able to do so much. We didn't get here because someone handed us a check, because someone gave us a freebie, because we got some special mm-hmm. deal. We're lucky overnight and became famous. No, none of that. We got here because we believed and we chose to act and we had to take ownership for our own crap in our life so we could grow. You're listening to the Kniep and It Real Jodcast. This is your host, Seth Kniep. EJ, let us know when we gotta go. Don't want to miss this. It's the Jodcast podcast. Look at the world. People dying, people starving. Do you know what I mean? It's pouring all the levels of your dopamine. But you're freaking and you're whining, cause why not set up to the plate of depression? No success, it will perpetuate. See what you can do. I don't care if you're poor, you're sad, or depressed. You have chosen your duress. But boss, don't you see that doesn't care about me? I'm climbing my ladder, keeping up on my forage. I'm not drinking that ugly little porridge. Can complain and medicate and wasting time and disliking. Keep up Miss Kardashian on the latest trend. Keeping on Facebook videos. Your life feels so great while you're training with the buzz while you're drunk and I'm pulling stuff. Oh, that's too fast, JoJo. What is up? Woo. That was How's awesome. Going? Good. That was really cool. So you guys just got just a little bit of feedback of what we like to work on. I have some random rapness here, and Joe does some random beatboxing here. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the Jodcast. This is Seth Kneep. Your host, Seth Kniep, keeping it real. I started with a dime. I doubled it 20 times to over $100,000. It was a long, difficult road. Today, myself and Josiah, my business partner, friend, Hello, brother, and son. He's actually my son, but also my brother too, as a friend. Mm-hmm. We run multiple million-dollar companies, real estate, coaching, Amazon, brands, services, you name it. And we are in the midst of entrepreneur- entrepreneurialism. You'd think by now I could say that correctly. (laughs) Um, But today we're excited, you guys, because today we want to talk about why suffering can make you stronger, happier, wealthier, better, a better rapper, maybe not. But this is really important because I think, Josiah, people struggle with this a lot. So I'm going to let you launch this. Like, why are we talking about this? Why Why don't more people talk about this? Well, I think it's because it's an uncomfortable topic. I don't think... I think it's hard for some people, even though it does. I mean, it's true. Suffering makes you stronger, wealthier, but it's uncomfortable. Even for those who have gotten stronger, wealthier, and happier, it's an uncomfortable topic to think about because to talk about because people have, you know, uncomfortable memories yeah. about, you know, things that have happened to them in the past. And um, yeah, I agree that I'm glad we're talking about this today because it's not a common topic. And I think it's one of the most, if not the most important topic when it comes to being successful. Yeah. Just as a person in general. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, you still have to live with you. No matter where you go, you are still there. So it doesn't matter who we're with. We're still with ourselves. Even your spouse, they may be with you a lot of the time, but they're not with you all the time. And they're not really in your mind and your heart. So you want to be the kind of person that you enjoy being around. And it, I mean, my mm. goodness, if you're going to build a company, if you want to make money, if you want freedom, you're going to have to become master of yourself. You know, it's easy to try to control other people. It is really hard to control oneself. That is the hardest one. You know, when I became an entrepreneur, Josiah, I didn't think 
the hardest thing would be the change I had to go through. I thought the biggest challenge would be the tactics. You know, mm-hmm. what kind of product should I launch on Amazon? Mm-hmm. How do I run PPC? In fact, that's the easiest part. <laughs> it is. Anyone can learn that. Yeah. In fact, at, we have worked with thousands of students now. We're in over 100 countries. We've had two countries ask us to train their top entrepreneurs. And stepping back away from that and asking myself a sincere question, what is the common thread amongst those who fail? It is people who are not willing to take ownership. Hmm. And it's the same for the opposite. Hmm. Because those who, are, who succeed... Are, are willing to take ownership. There are common attributes amongst people who are successful, even our students. Yeah. We have seen patterns. It never goes back to, oh, this happened to my Amazon account or, oh, this happened to my business. The economy went down. Right. It doesn't matter what happens outside the external, of you. external forces. Yeah. What happens is inside of you. Yeah. Because there's some entrepreneurs that are going to succeed at some point. Obviously, they'll have some failures, yep. but overall, they're going to succeed no matter what because they take ownership and they know what they need to do to make it happen and they have the right heart and mindset but people with the wrong mindset they just they don't succeed and that's why we're talking about this it's all about mindset that's the most important thing yeah when i when my wife and i went to counseling we got therapy when our marriage was really struggling back in 2010 one of the biggest the most important principles i took away from that and i didn't struggle with alcohol in particular but this principle comes up all the time and it's really good it is do not try do not focus on the things you can't control Focus on controlling the things that you can. In other words, it helps me to take responsibility. It is convenient and easy to blame everything outside of me. It is hard to face the me on the inside, to look in the mirror and say, okay, what are we going to do to change today? And I think the reason it's hard for people to face those internal struggles is because they judge themselves. They they judge themselves. They don't want to face it because it makes them feel bad. Well, Why is it hard to face it? Well, if you don't believe in grace and forgiveness, then yeah, you're really going to struggle to forgive yourself, to struggle mm-hmm. to believe that God can forgive you, to struggle that, to believe that you are even a forgivable person. person. Yeah. Which is huge. So here's, here's the, what we're going to do today, guys, is we wrote down a few principles that we believe have been, or we know have been the most key to our success. And we're going to give them to you guys right here today on a platter, and we're going to use illustrations to illustrate what these look like practically. Just to give you guys perspective, we didn't get to this place where we could literally just hop on a plane, travel anywhere we want in the world, go first class. We have freedom. We have lots of cash. We are able to do so much. We didn't get here because someone handed us a check, because someone gave us a freebie, because we got some special Mm -hmm. deal. We're lucky overnight and became famous. No, none of that. We got here because we believed and we chose to act and we had to take ownership for our own crap in our life so we could grow. And I'm going to bring now out the first principle And it doesn't necessarily go in this order, but it goes like this. Death precedes resurrection. This is why I have a tattoo on my arm. This tattoo is of a tree on my right arm. For those of you guys listening on audio, it illustrates one of the most powerful concepts in the world. And that is for a tree to grow and to become something amazing, something has to die. For that tree to have life, that seed has to deteriorate in the ground, and that's how it sprouts and it comes to life. In other words, if I want to change my life, if I want to change my future, I have to recognize that there's certain things in my life that are going to have to die if I want better things to give life. Hmm. It could be death of alcoholism. It could be death of pornography, masturbation. It could be death of lying. 
It could be death of deceiving one's own self and telling mm-hmm. one lies to convince themselves that this is okay when they know it's not. It could be the death of complaining and whining. Like we have to be willing to let certain patterns die if we want to have life. Unhealthy habits, yes. essentially, is what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't always have to be your classic, you know, this is an AA group, you know, I'm an alcoholic or right. I have drugs. It, it could be something much more subtle. Right. It could be like eating, overeating or binge eating or eating because oh, I'm having a tough day. So I go eat a bunch of chocolate or drink right. a bunch of alcohol. There are people who've gotten really good at medicating mm-hmm. their problems, even though they would never technically qualify as a drug addict, yet they are. Right. And and surprising one to some people is being, you know, the basically the opposite of someone who's lazy, a workaholic, valuing their job or whatever they do too much yeah. over the relationships. Yeah. You know? Because the relationships is the most that's like the foundation of who you are. But if you put like there's some people who you know, well, some dads, for example, mm-hmm. they work all day. They're really hard workers, really good workers. And they, yep. you know, they're a good employee at their job, but they come home and they treat their kids bad or they treat their wife bad or they don't spend ba- like barely any time with them. Yeah. And so that's a different issue. You yeah, know? absolutely. Totally is. Um, I think the reason this concept is, is difficult is because death is uncomfortable. Death means separation. It means something is being separated. I am letting go of, I'm being separated from something that's very comfortable for me that I've become familiar with, like an old jacket or a comfortable sock or comfortable pajamas that you put on every evening to make you feel cozy or maybe a blanket. Hmm. And, and be, the comfort is there, but it's toxic and it's destroying your life. It is ripping you into pieces. And you realize I could have so much of a better life, but I don't want to let go of this comfort because all of a sudden I feel like something's dying inside of my heart. Well, that's exactly what had to happen for every tree under whose tray under whose shade you sat. For every apple that you ate came from a tree that where before that tree lived, there was a seed that died. There has to be death of something for there to be there life to of be something sacrifice. else. Can you imagine us going around teaching this message? Hey, everyone, make sure things die. That's how you succeed. <laughs> and I know that sounds so completely counterintuitive. Yes, thank yeah. you. That's the word counterintuitive. But it's true. Hmm. That's what brings joy. People ask all the time, where do you get your energy from? It's because I am... You let things die. (laughs) I have to let things die. And I don't want to say like, I've arrived, look at me. I'm not saying that. But I truly have let a lot of things in my life die so I can have the life and freedom today. And that brings me to the next point. Check this out, everyone. Suffering squeezes out ego. And Josiah, this is the reason I will not do business with someone who has not failed. I simply Mm -hmm. won't. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think, I mean, all of our current business partners, definitely. I mean, we've had previous business partners that we stopped working with just, you know, issues, but are all of our real quick. Yeah. I'm going to just park on that for a minute. Issues being they hadn't suffered and gone through enough failures. Right. Therefore, an obstacle seemed like a tornado to them, where to us it seemed like a little whirlwind on Wally, Coyote, and Roadrunner. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying, oh, look how great we are, but their perspective was so different. It's like all this they, reaction and drama. And we're like, work. dude, a lot of time was spent this on, isn't things, a big deal. on yeah. like really small things that didn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. Exactly. And that always goes back to mindset. But our current business partners all have failed multiple times. Yep. And yeah. that's why it's. It, again, it sounds counterintuitive. Like, why would you want to work with someone who's failed so much? Why right. would you want to work with a, a failure, quote, put that in quotes? But failure really does teach you a lot because the best way to learn, in my opinion, is to fail. Yes. 
that's I. What's her name? Elise Joan from Beachbody. She yes. says bar blend uh, teacher. Fail, fail forward or falling forward. Falling forward. Yeah. yeah. It's a similar concept because it's it's actually a positive thing. Yeah, Will Smith says the same thing. It's so yeah. true. It reminds me of that group called Seek Discomfort. I love these guys. And their whole, the whole premise of their YouTube channel has been based on, and here's another one, pain is a teacher. Pain is not a bad thing. We naturally avoid pain. We're, we're trained to avoid pain. Like you touch the stove, it's hot, your hand goes back. Well, then we start applying that to relationships. But what if that relationship is simply exposing deeper areas in my heart or your heart that need to grow. And the real discomfort isn't coming from the other person. It's simply that person is bringing it to light without them ever even cognitively pointing it out. It's it, it, when you put two people together into a relationship, all of a sudden it brings out the best and the worst of both. That's why marriage is freaking amazingly fun and amazing and also very hard. Because it forces us to be intimate, not just with another person, but with ourselves. We have to face everything because they become like the other person's a mirror. It's so raw. Yes, it's raw. Exactly. And yet it's a beautiful thing. And I, I believe I, I would rather decide, I would rather live my life pursuing things that I can enjoy and feel and grow and learn from. Even if some days it feels like utter hell, I would rather run full face into that and grow from it yeah. than try to live a safe careful, non-adventurous, stay in my little hobbit hole shire life instead of saying, I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually he didn't because I know. Yeah. He, that was the whole Bilbo point of set out. Like movie. we wouldn't have the hobbit if the hobbit never left his hole. Right. He'd definitely Would, seek discomfort. Right. Would you rather be a hobbit in a hole or a hobbit on an adventure to the lonely mountain? Yeah. I don't know why I got an English accent. Well, I guess <laughs> the folklore is supposed to be the... It, it is English. Exactly. It was like pre, what do they call it? pre-England, uh-huh. the, the legend of how England came about, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. it's. I think it's cool how all of these points are related because when we were talking about the first one, I was thinking seek discomfort. Yeah. We were talking about the first one, I was thinking of they all overlap. this other one, and I'll just start the next one, which is yeah. obstacles are opportunities. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the New York oh cab driver? Oh my goodness. Driver. So we're, we're in New York and we're the cab drivers are so fun to talk to because they experience so many people and so many perspectives. And I remember this happened multiple times, like several times. I would say, where are you from? And he would say, well, I'm from Cuba or I'm from Venezuela. They mentioned these other countries. And we would say, what do you think of, how do you like America? And they would turn to me and say, I love America. And I'm like, well, what do you think about all these people who hate America, who are Americans? And they would say, I think they're crazy. I don't think they understand. America is an amazing land of opportunity. I recognize it has its problems as every country does and every human does, but the opportunity here is amazing. And here's what's crazy, Josiah. We have taken multiple studies and surveys of our students and have found that the vast majority of people who succeed are people who have suffered, came from broken homes, or are immigrants from very difficult countries, developing countries, third world countries that have struggled. And they came here and it was like walking from uh, Navy SEALs boot camp to a beach on in San Diego. Like, you guys are complaining about this? Yeah. You should go back to my country and experience <laughs> that for a few days and you will thank God you're here. Hmm. Now, listen, this is not about being patriotic, though I am. This is not about politics, though I think it's a great topic. This is about perspective. It doesn't matter if you live in America or Ukraine or Russia or Venezuela. I don't care. The point is... Until you have walked in the shoes of someone who has suffered greatly, it's really hard to be grateful 
for the things that you have. And gratitude drives success. Think about the guy who approached us just two days ago. Check this out, you guys. It's so amazing. He comes into our office with his business partner. He says, look, I have a lot of people in New York, a lot of people in Austin, a lot of people in Denver and Seattle who want to invest in what you guys are doing and the done for you just when I'm programming. Basically what that is where we build Amazon stores for people. They invest millions. We maximize that. Just to give you guys perspective, one of our first stores that we did this for in three months, we scaled it to seven million a month and they're preparing for an exit of $150 million. This is someone who started with nothing and now he's getting ready to sell it and we scaled it to that level. That's badass. I love that. And I'm going to brag all day about it. I will yeah, do that's it. an insane return. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's hard to find another platform or place stocks, you can get a return real like estate, that. estate, nothing will give it to you like that. And this guy yeah. comes into our office and he goes, listen, and it almost felt bad when he said this. He's like, a lot of my friends and the people I know, they have millions to invest in this opportunity. We want to understand it better. And I have to tell you, they're not from the US. They come from very poor places. The vast majority of them are not educated. And I looked at him and I said, and that's why I would rather have them invest in this than someone who grew up in a plush life. It's not about the education. It's about the perspective. Because they suffered, because they came from a, a difficult place, it makes them thankful and they fight harder. Just like Jack Ma did. Alibaba would not be the massive, massive company it is today that generates so much revenue had he not started as a poor, broke school teacher who <laughs> just had a dream. He had a dream and he acted on it. Yep. And look at where he is today. He believed, but because he came from a difficult place, he doesn't give himself any room to make excuses. Like you, you want to become the kind of person who never makes excuses for yourself. Every time you struggle, every time you suffer, you say, thank you, God. I'm going to learn from this. This is good. I'm going to grow. Okay, what do I need to do to take ownership right now? And all of a sudden you start seeing success. And before you know it, you're a multimillionaire because you had the right mindset. Yeah, it all goes. And it's about perspective because... And it's nothing against, you know, people who have a plush life. Absolutely. Right now because Absolutely. It, it doesn't we love mean you they're guys, doing anything wrong. No, not at it's all. It's just, it's, it's about perspective because people who are used to having things handed to them. Yes. And I, I don't think that's a way someone should grow up because it teaches them the wrong perspective. Because Absolutely. In the right, if you want to make money, if you want to be successful, if you want to grow a business, nothing's going to be handed to you. Why do you think younger generations, the, the, the vast majority of people who are leaning more towards socialism, and of course, someone's going to debate it and say, well, yeah, but you know, those countries, the Nordic countries and Norway and Sweden, well, they're socialistic. Well, not exactly. They have socialistic elements. Every single country in the world does. We have healthcare. Well, that's socialistic. I'm talking about where the government controls the wealth, where they decide where the wealth goes, which I think is absolutely the destruction of the world. There are so many people, Josiah, we've been able to provide jobs for and help and make money because it's a free market. Yeah. We work hard and provide great value because if we don't, our competitors will get ahead of us. That drives incentive. That causes us to be able to pay people more. That gives people freedom. That gives them happiness and joy and they grow and they become more disciplined. I could go on and on. But my point <laughs> is, why is it that so many young people struggle with thinking socialism is the answer because they haven't experienced enough life and lost a job, gotten fired, tried to start a business to realize the joys and the blessings of actually having free capitalism where you can make money and you're free and no one has the right to come in and say, here's what I'm going to do with your money. In fact, if you want to give money to someone, you do it from the gracious and the kindness of your heart, which brings joy instead of being forced to by this thing called government. Yeah. I wasn't trying to go political, but I had to. <laughs> well, it, it's all integrated though, because 
capitalism, entrepreneurialism, mindset. They do tie it in. is very integrated. Yeah. But back to my point about you know people who currently do have things hand or just, you know they just live in a rich family or whatever. It doesn't mean they have to now go live in Venezuela or you know a, a poor country and try to you know make up. For I agree. It. Yeah. But what they sh- what you guys should do is just just sit down and think about the things that you're thankful for. Be grateful, and it just allows you to change your perspective. And then, you know, working twelve hours a day to make sure you have you know to get capital to start your company doesn't seem so bad because yeah, you have so many other things to be thankful yep, for. Absolutely. Let me bring out another principle here. Uh, negative feelings do not determine reality. So I don't know a single soul who doesn't have negative feelings at some point every day, even, even yeah. if it's just a little one or a big one, yep. you know, someone going through a divorce right now has massively negative feelings. It feels like drinking broken glass. And then other people, they may have negative feelings because someone looked at them the wrong way. There's all different variations, but they don't determine one's reality. And it's the moment I believe that those negative feelings determine my life. They determine my reality. I start acting on that and I actually create a life that is negative. What started with just a feeling now became reality. Now, I'm not minimizing feelings. If we have negative feelings, we shouldn't suppress them. We shouldn't fight them. We should listen to them, try to understand their source. But remember, feelings are also drama kings and drama queens. Mm -hmm. They get way out of proportion. So we don't have to believe, we can be friends with the feelings, but we don't have to believe the feelings. One of, my, one of my therapists back again, when I was going to therapy, when I was struggling in my marriage, he said, Seth, when I was really struggling with all these feelings, and he said, look, when you have a negative feeling, and this might creep some of you guys out, and I understand, but it really <laughs> works, you guys. He said, do this. Just close your eyes and ask, where, where do you find, this is called family systems, by the way, if anyone wants to Google it, it's real and it works. Where is that feeling in your body? And I would usually say it's in my chest. I feel constricted in my breathing. It was literally, I was struggling. I was feeling tightness in my chest. I don't know if any of you guys ever feel that. I'm sure some of you do. And you say, okay, well, imagine it's it's like, it's just a part of you. It's not all of you. And he helped me to, to see it as like another Seth or another part of me. And all of a sudden I realized, yeah, that's just one part of my heart is feeling stress or fear or sadness or depression or inadequacy or guilt. But there's another part that feels confidence. Another part that feels love. Like what happens is when we have negative feelings, we tend to let them overtake. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think what's powerful is it will basically what you're saying is like what we were saying before, obstacles are opportunities. You're facing the obstacle head on versus trying to avoid it. Because, and we've all done this at some level. I'll just speak for myself. When I avoid my negative feelings, they get worse, worse, and worse until I have to deal with them. Yeah. And they and it causes you know more destruction, whether it's externally or internally. Yeah. But if you face them head on at the beginning, then you can deal with them right there and just and not face on like yeah I'm gonna fight you, but just right. like recognize it and be like okay I have that negative feeling. That's where it's coming from. And put your put your feelings like out like imagine that you're looking at yourself. Like, for example, this is going to sound funny, but your spirit is coming out of your body and you're looking at yourself in your room right now, yep. you know, as you're having those negative feelings. And yeah. that helps you think more objectively That's so and good. not think, yeah. oh, I'm in my own body. I have these feelings. I need to do something about it. And actually, when, when you do that, it helps the feelings go down and it allows you to control yourself better. And then you can move forward. You know, there were times in my life, just I don't even know if you know this. I would take a chair and put it next to me when I was really struggling and I was so torn up on the inside, I was scared of what I would do. I would put a chair next to me and I would imagine that my feelings was another version of Seth sitting there 
and I would just listen. And you're so right. You said, don't fight it. Cause if you fight it, it makes it stronger. Yeah. If you ignore it, it's going to come up and say, look at me, you right. know, like the, um, Diana on Grimm. <laughs> she's like, mom, I want to see you now. Remember that? Yeah, she's yeah. Like, like demanding. You don't want to do either. So, cause what happens is it'll, it'll raise up its ugly head later on. And expectedly, if you right. ignore it, give it attention. Just listen to it. Listen. And you, all of a sudden you're going to feel compassion for that part of you. And then an amazing thing happens. You go, whoa, I feel better because you, it no longer is consuming you. It's like you took care of you in a very therapeutic way. It is yeah. so powerful and you feel like you can breathe again. Yeah. Man, I wish we could spend more time on this. <laughs> I want to share something so crazy. So uh, Dan Rogers, who actually made this table that we are sitting on, for those of you guys listening, we're sitting see. on a table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're, that our computers and hands are on. <laughs> exactly. That our tea and our computers yeah. are on. Um, it is carved into a tree. It's beautiful. Dan Rogers is a friend. He's a business partner. He started as a student of Just One Dime. He now, ma he now makes a ton of money on Amazon. He's coached over 500 people into success on Amazon. And we flew to London to teach this group of people how to scale their Amazon stores. And the reason I asked Dan to do this with me is because Dan actually sells on Amazon. He actually submits his profit and loss reports. He shares his sales numbers. So I know he's not just selling, but he's making money and he's growing, he's growing yeah. which the vast majority of gurus out there, they're not even selling on Amazon. If you just do a little study, all of a sudden, wait a minute, that's a fake screenshot. It was Photoshop. Wait a minute, you said something. There's no way you could have there's, said that. There's all many inconsistencies. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. So anyways, I won't get off on that. But we go to London. You are there because you're over the registration. You're helping with sales. Remember this? Yep. We get to London and we need to finish our work on our slideshow because we're not ready. We have the content in our brain, but we don't have it organized. Yeah. And we're all sitting there. <laughs> we're in the basement we're of the an basement. Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. And it's late, late at night. Late at night and the electricity goes out. And we're like, oh shoot, what are we going to do? And so we we have three computers. You have one. Dan has one. I have one. I, I think it was mine that went out first, but my computer died. Mm -hmm. So and we then hopped you, over. You went over to Dan's to while Dan's. I was still working on mine. And then I'm giving him feedback and advice and he worked and then his dies. And now we're all crowded on yours. And you're like going as fast as you can. I got to finish. Yeah. I got to finish. I got to finish. Yeah. Well, good thing that we were towards the end, yes. you know, because otherwise we would be doing it yes. in the morning too. And yours died. Yeah. So we set out in London. We're thinking, you know what? This is an amazing city. It's huge. It's bigger than uh, Austin. Of course, they're going to have coffee shops late at night. And we're walking down the streets. It's 11 o'clock at night. And we're looking for a coffee shop that has internet. Remember this? Mm-hmm. And or we start going open. from, yeah, we start going from coffee shop to coffee shop and the vast majority of them are closed. We're calling them. We're trying to find them. And we're like, what in the world? There were no coffee shops that were open or not about to close or just didn't have internet. There were many yeah. that didn't have any. And so we're thinking, you got to be kidding me. What do we do? We ended up spending half the night working on this. Finally, the electricity came back. We finished it. The next day, I'll never forget Josiah, I'm walking in and there's all these people ready. Like they're waiting. We flew all we flew across the ocean to see them and they're super excited to see us and they're expecting a lot and i feel like death like i feel like a zombie yeah. like my face feels like it's melting off my skeletal structure and dan's eyes looks like he's been <laughs> drinking all night like the pink <laughs> as like he's got red eye or something yeah and you looked horrible and we walk <laughs> in and we're like we have to do this for six hours and i remember i had to take a moment and I said, look, guys, Dan, Josiah, we brought the team together. We're exhausted. We're tired. You know what? Let's make the, this the best event ever. These people 
are paying good money for us to give them great content. I don't care how we feel. Let's just set that aside for a minute and let's just go with all we got. And it turned out to be one of the best events we have ever done. And I think something about the suffering we had gone through caused us to not care about what people think, mm-hmm. caused us to not worry about our appearance and caused us to actually focus on the only thing that mattered. And that is this, how can we bring the best value to every person here? And that, if you have that theme, Whoever's out there listening right now, if you have that theme for your business, how can I bring value to people? I swear, if you don't give up, you will make a lot of money. You just have to bring value because people feel, you know what? They've given me so much. I'm going to give, we've had people who invested in our membership, thousands of dollars. And they said, you know what? The reason I'm doing this is you've given away so much free content. I feel like I owe it to you. So I'm giving it to you and thank you. Even if I didn't want the membership, I'd still give it to you. (laughs) That builds a brand and that brings my heart joy. But we never got there unless we had suffered along that path. The next point is move to action quickly. Oh, yeah. You so, remember this theme when we first hired staff here in Austin? Uh-huh. That was like our theme. Yes. Everyone started quoting it. Yes. Yeah. Some and people hated it. Some people loved it. I think we might have taken it a little <laughs> overboard. <laughs> I, I know. Totally I know you did. Overboard. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I remember meeting this lady. She analyzed everything and she had been in her membership for an entire year and she had done all this work on it. And she says, Seth, and the thing is she hadn't, okay, she had worked, she had put in a lot of research on her Amazon store, but she hadn't started anything. She hadn't sold anything. She hadn't sent any money to a manufacturer at all. She just had all the research done. And she goes, Seth, and this is after a year of study. She goes, Seth, I need more training. And I said, no, you don't. I said, you need to move to action. I will not lift a finger for you until you do. I want you to go mess up. Hmm. And she's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, no, go mess up. Go fail. Go along the path of obstacles and the hard knocks of life and then come back to me. Today, this lady is a multimillionaire. She moved to action and now she's making multi-millions because she took what we trained. She applied it to her business and now she's enjoying the benefits And I think some people, they they want everything to be so perfect and so set up and ready before they move to action. Just mess up already. Do you know of a single human in the world who learned how to walk when they were a toddler without falling many times or Or rollerblader? Riding a bike. I'll never forget running into a, crashing into a tree. Skateboarding, yeah. Skateboarding, yeah. Anything. Like you have to be willing to fall. And this idea that if you fall, you're a loser is so messed up. That comes from like elementary school kids that are inadequate about themselves. Oh yeah, you made Bullies. a C on this test. You're a bad kid. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. No, good job. You tried. Now let's keep going. Or just bullies trying to, you know, insult you because they feel bad about themselves. So true. It's just how you grow up, like especially school, like the schooling system. You feel bad because, oh, I got a bad grade. Yeah. And it teaches the opposite of what you need to be to be an entrepreneur. Yep. And this is a good example of a strength being a weakness because her strength was being super, very detailed hmm. and very thorough. Yeah. But her weakness, it also became her weakness because it went too far where she wasn't moving to action quickly enough. Yeah. And for other people, it's the opposite. Um, and you and I are very opposite in this way <laughs> where you move to action <laughs> What's my too quickly, <laughs> too quickly. And, and you make, you know, you tend to make more mistakes along the way. Yep. And you know, eventually you right. get back up you and know, you're too slow. Two, to two years later, you, you, you get wanna, back up. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I, I'm the overanalyzing type of person where I right. tend to spend, you know, way more time than needed. And I think we've both grown. We have both we have grown, grown a, lot a lot Yeah. in the last three and a yeah. half years. I remember I would, I would be like, Hey, Josiah, how's it going? You're like, good. I'm like, what are you working on? Well, I'm trying to get the formatting for this one cell in the right color. And you're like, how long have you been doing that for three hours? Like 
That has zero okay, that might be value. A little exaggerated. To our company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we talked in our last podcast about how many things I moved on very quickly that I shouldn't have. So yeah, you're you're totally right. And I'm so glad you're here, just like because you bring a really good balance. It is good to analyze. Yeah, you don't want to just run into something blindly. So but, what, what you ahead. helped this lady do is kind of balance her out. Like, yeah. look, you're you're really good at this, but what right. you need to do is bring up the speed, take action more quickly. So when she combined those two together, yeah. now she's really powerful. Exactly, yeah. Here's another one, guys. And as we've moved into real estate, I cannot wait, I cannot wait to share more about real estate, investing, how to do it. Like there's so yeah. much. We ran it's seven really fun. condos, Airbnb, made tons of money doing it, subleased it out, didn't have to invest a single dime, pun intended. Like it was awesome. but. Here's another concept, okay? It's gonna, again, I, we put these terms together to really kind of shock everyone who's listening. You ready for it? Divorce your money. Divorce, write your money a certificate of divorce. Don't do this to your spouse and don't tell them I said this, but do divorce your money. I don't mean go put it in a hole like a pirate, though pirates actually didn't do that. That's a, that's a, a, a myth. A myth. It's a Disneyland um, Probably created Disney, by Pirates of the Caribbean. They definitely carried it on. Yeah. <laughs> they further entrenched it. Actually, it comes from Treasure Island. But anyways, Robert Louis Stevenson, divorce your money. What I mean by that is stop being so married to your money. Money's a tool. You wouldn't go into the garage and like, oh, I love your hammer, but I don't want to hit it too hard because, you know, it might hurt the head. No, you use the hammer. You use it to drive the nail to build the house. But what if it gets nicked? It's okay. What if it gets rusty? It's okay. Like, it's a tool. It's supposed to help you. Money is a tool. And I think everyone really, everyone is born or they grow up with the mentality of either money is like God, like I worship and bow down to it and I hold it tightly like a miser. Yeah. And those people stay poor. And the other one is spend, 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 spend. <laughs> Have a bad day, go spend at the mall. Well, yeah. on Amazon now, <laughs> right? You can see what generation I come from. And, and those also, those people also stay poor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. The people who never invest their money and the people who spend their money. So what do you do? You set it aside like a third party, cold as ice, objective. And you say, money, I'm the boss. You're going to go to work for me. <laughs> see, this is the mindset just like I had to have when I started with 10 cents. I had to start thinking, here's a dime. I'm going to make it grow. I'm not going to spend it on a drink at Starbucks. Yeah. And it sounds silly, only 10 cents, but I knew I had to start with a small amount because I could never have done that if I started with $100,000. Yeah. And going around doubling it really helped you get in that mindset because yeah. it, slowly, it, it slowly grew over time, right. starting from when you were doubling it. And then once you started investing in eBay, like selling products in eBay, then it really, you really just, like if you want to sell anything, you have to get to a point where you're like, okay, I just like, if you want to sell, okay, let's, let's take an example. We sold a lot of our books back when tons, uh, we first started Had like over 2000 books that we just never use or anything. Right. So you have to allow yourself to not be attached to those books or those money. And don't think that you can now spend your money when you immediately make it. You know what? A lot of business, a lot of many, many, many rich people, most rich people, actually wealthy people, what they do when they first make a lot of money, they don't spend it. They keep it. They save it in their bank and then yeah. they invest it. Right. They don't actually use it to buy a car or buy a house until right. way later because it's a tool. They're willing you to, to delay. You're totally right. It's, it's the same concept of willing to delay gratification. Like I'm going to say I'm going to live like no one else today so that tomorrow I can live like no one else. And when we had investors approaching us, we, we sent out two emails. That's it. We had no ads. We had almost 500 people apply for just for, <laughs> done for you, buy just one dime. Yeah. 
because they're I, they're, I, I like that just for you. It's like just when I'm done for you. you. <laughs> this is just for you because you're special. <laughs> and we had some people who with a lot of money, but no business experience. And their struggle was, they would say, what if I lose the money? Can you give me a guarantee? And I would always smile as I'm writing an email back and I'd say, no, you don't get a guarantee. You may lose every single penny. And I know that shocks some people and it sounds harsh, but the reality is true. You if don't you, get guarantees in you life. You don't get guarantees. Sorry. Like, <laughs> like if you invest in real estate, is the real estate in uh, the previous house owning? I guarantee you make money. You invest in the stocks. stocks. We guarantee if you lose money, we'll send it back to you. That'd be insane. The world wouldn't spin on that concept. Yeah. And divorcing your money is similar. If you, For those who struggle with divorcing your money or, tr or thinking of it as a tool, think of, try to relate it to something that you're familiar with. And I think mm. most people are familiar with knowledge using knowledge mm. as a tool and mo everyone does it without even thinking about it right you go to school you go through a course you talk to someone you get a lot of info with them and you use it to help yourself to help other people and you use it like for example even just knowing how to walk that's a super basic right. that knowledge is a tool so we know how to move around right. in the room or learning how to invest in real estate that is a tool that you can use to make more money you know one of my favorite illustrations is one you brought up a few days ago joe you said this, and I started using this for people who struggle with the idea of investing. An angel investor, and this is a very big generalism, will spend tens to hundreds of millions investing in a company with hopes that it will give them return. Do you remember the, the, the percentage you gave me of how many fail versus how many succeed? I'm trying to remember. It was nine to 10, which is accurate. Nine to 10. Okay. So a, as a generalism, okay, yeah. for every 10 investments I make as an angel investor, nine of them I'm going to lose all my money on. Mm -hmm. Now, most people say, well, that's terrible, Seth. You only made You're you losing only money. Why would you one? do that? Yeah. But here's the reality. On the one you succeed on makes you far more money, far more money, like a hundred times more than all the other than ones the combined. nine that you lost. Exactly. And that's yeah. why an entrepreneur who wants to make money has to be willing to take risks. Now let's make this super practical. For those of you guys who you're looking for the woman of your dreams or those women who are looking for the man of your dreams and you're like, man, I, I just want to meet that person. Well, go talk to them. But what if they reject me? Good. Why don't you go and accept that you're going to get rejected? You may get rejected three, five times, Amen. 10 times. Amen. Because the same thing will happen in your life when you're a parent and you're a spouse and you get sick. You will be rejected. I don't know a single great salesperson who isn't, hasn't been rejected many times. Oh, man. How many times did the hoop reject Michael Jordan when he shot the shot? And people are like, what about LeBron James? <laughs> okay, him too. You see what I mean though? Yeah. Like you have to be willing. So you walk up to the girl and you say, hey, how are you? My name is Bobby McGee. Nice to meet you. I noticed you're reading a book that looks pretty cool. Tell me about it. And she looks at you and she says, get out of here, weirdo. That's pretty bad, right? That's about, <laughs> other than her slapping you in the face, that's like one of the worst things yeah, that can happen. That's one of the worst. Are you going to die? Are you going to stop breathing? Are we going to have to call 911? No, you're going to like, hmm, that didn't feel good. Let's do it again. And yeah. all of a sudden, your confidence grows. And women sense that. And, and I'm speaking to women too, but especially men, right? Because men get really nervous about asking for a girl's number. And you just start to grow in your confidence because you're willing to be rejected. Yeah. And you know what? You don't want to be with someone who rejects you, right? So even if you have to ask 99 girls and you find one and she's that one that you want to be with the rest of your life, that's awesome. Do you realize how much your confidence grew? You were willing, you know, one of the hardest times for me just side was when I was a telemarketer and I would pick up the phone. This is back when we were really struggling and you were really young at this time. You were like 12, 11. Yeah. I don't know if you remember me telling, sharing when I got home these stories, but I would, all day I would have to call people 
and try to get them to spend thousands, not hundreds, thousands. They never talked to me before. They knew who I was. And they're, by the way, they're all entrepreneurs or businessmen. This actually probably prepared me for today. Yes. And my job was to keep them on the phone long enough to convince them they needed to buy. And I remember every day I picked up the phone, I would have to say, okay, this is going to sound really cheesy, okay? Yeah. I'm Batman. And then I pick up the phone and call. Okay? I'm Batman. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous. To boost your self-confidence. Yes, right? I had to say, you know what? Batman got beat up. He got rejected. His dad died. His, his mom died. He lost his parents. How many times did he get knocked down? And what does dad say to him? Why do we fall? So we can get back up again. I had to be willing to say in rejection, I love you. I give you a kiss. Let's do this. Yeah. And you know what? I became second in the company. There was one guy I never could beat. Now, I want to say he'd been there 15 years, but uh, still. <laughs> hey, that's he not bad. He was really good. Yeah. But I loved it. I sat across from him and I listened like, ooh, that's oh, nice. good. Okay, let me try this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that goes back to, it's so cool, again, how all these are connected. We could, you know, we could really summarize all these, all of these into one point. Yeah. Uh, but that it goes back into, you know, facing your fears, seeking discomfort, seeking uh facing the obstacles because again, the best way to learn is to fail. Yes. And if you fail 10 times, a hundred times, how many times did it take for Thomas Edison to get the light bulb working? Thousands. Thousands. But that one time he's like, I did it. Right. And it was totally worth it. And, yes. and all those failures weren't just, oh, that's a bad, bad, bad till you got good. Every one of them is, we should consider good. Every rejection, we should say, yeah. this is good because it does something on the inside. Yes. It means I become comfortable with getting up again, getting up again, getting up again, yeah, just like the toddler. To it. Like right. at the the first time you get rejected in a certain kind of like maybe you know asking someone out or starting a business, that that's gonna hurt a lot. It hurts a lot. But then the next time you do it, it hurts a little less, and you keep exactly. doing it. And now, and at some point, you get so used to it, you're like, man, this is actually kind of fun. Like I'm learning stuff. You want to hear something crazy? Like Josiah? we both in our own ways like to get rejected because like yeah. we get to learn. Yeah, it's a learning experience. It it almost sounds like masochism, this desire for pain, and maybe it's just a little bit. But there's so, you feel alive. You feel good. You're like, yeah. It's like when you work out. How many of you guys work out and you have a really lazy workout? You hardly move. You're tired. <laughs> I have those. And you don't feel that great after. And then other ones, you're like, I'm just going to kill myself. And you do. And how do you feel when you walk out of the gym? You're like, yes. You know, because you yeah. feel good. Because you feel really that good. broken feel down tired, means you, you get stronger. Good. Yeah. I just had a funny thought. This is weird, okay? Because okay. you're my son. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had to get over my fear of asking for girls' phone numbers. And if I hadn't, you wouldn't exist today. Boom. Well, I'm really, I am very grateful <laughs> that you did. <laughs> and you know, I did it. I was hosting a talk radio show and I said, hey, actually, my best friend, Jesse, he introduced me to KK, who is your mother, who is my wife today for yeah. 21 years now. And when he, I, he said she could sing really well. And I said, well, hey, we're always looking for talent spotlights on our show. Why don't you give me your phone number and I'll get you on the show? And Ooh, she's like, sure. Smooth, very smooth. <laughs> that that's fits your style. But here's the truth to say. When we, so then like a week later, um, I called her, said, hey, I'd like to take you to lunch. She says, well, you have to ask my dad, which I thought was really cool. I talked to her dad. He's like, I got to meet you sometime. I'm like, sure, absolutely. I got to meet him the next day, took her to lunch on a Sunday at this uh, Chi Chinese um, Mexican restaurant. And we're sitting down. And I remember picking up a chip to eat. And I remember when I, I put it in my mouth awkwardly because my hand was trembling a little bit because I uh, was nervous because I really <laughs> liked her. And I thought, she, I mean, this woman's beautiful. And it, the chip like flipped up and hit my nose. And she was looking at me. And Ooh. I remember thinking, crap, my face is turning red right now because I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Like I was uncomfortable. I was scared. Yeah. And guys, listen, if you say, well, yeah, but I'm afraid. Here's my response. Do it afraid. 
You want to take the next one, Joe, on the main assets? I love this one. Main we got assets. we got uh, four more. We want five more. We're going to share with you guys. I'm looking for it. I wrote it in English for you. <laughs> four main assets. This is something we teach in our YouTube channel, everywhere, Instagram Live, and yeah. it's actually the very first video in our membership. Yeah. Because it's the most important thing. It's foundational. People, time, knowledge, and money. Now, if you were to ask the average person, like, what what is the most important thing? And if you, okay, if you put mm. these four next to each other, some people might say people, but if you just ask them, like... it sounds like the right thing. Right, right, right. Oh, I'm going to value people the if most. If you just you know? ask someone, what do you think is the most important asset? Right. Many people say money. Yeah. And people a little more wise will say time. Right. But people even wiser will say people. You know what's funny about it? People are by far the most difficult of these assets. Hmm. People are the only ones who can break your heart. People are the only ones that will, will the main ones who can give you the most stress. And yet they are the most important and will also enrich your life the most. Hmm. So in my highest risk, but yes. the highest return. Yes. It's, it, this is why I love life. It's like investment. Yes. Everything <laughs> connects. Like you can't just learn entrepreneurialism by itself. Yeah. You have to learn life. You have to learn love. You have to learn challenge, money, finances, owning up for your problems, uh, working through guilt. There's so many things and it all connects. Yeah. And if we were like scientists, we could there. I remember when I was in school learning about science, I was like, this is so like, it applies to so many principles in life. It's yes. crazy how the physical world, your, your mentality, your spiritual, you know, everything connects your emotional, um, just the way you handle emotions. It all connects. It does. So the reason we say people is the most important asset over time, knowledge, and money. Here's a very practical answer. Yeah. Is because in people, you get time, knowledge, and money. For example, in a person, you can get an investment for your business to grow up faster. In a person, you can get an, a VA or an, a volunteer or an employee or a contractor. We've done it all in order to grow your business faster because they're doing things for you, some more menial tasks, so you can focus on the more important leadership tasks. In people, you get time. They're giving you time back because they're doing it for That's you. That's the point and, of hiring. Yes. And people, you get knowledge. Hire people that are better than you. Watch your company grow like crazy. People who are like, wow, they're an expert in SEO, always better than you'll ever be. And that's great. Let them run that. Trust them to run it. Yeah. As long as they're meeting the standards you require, and as long as they're ethical people and they're teachable, let them run that part. Yeah. So in people, you get it all. But people are also the most challenging. Hmm. People can break your heart. Yeah. In fact, the one, people, of the, one of the... One of the most rewarding but also difficult parts of growing a company is hiring. We talked about this in the last episode. If you want to hear more about hiring, you can watch the previous episode we did. But that is, yeah. it, you know, it, some people might say other things like, I don't know, investment strategies or something. Sure. But at least for me, and I think for you too, it's hiring. Absolutely. Because we, you know, we have great, we have a great team. But also we've had some very difficult people we've had to work with. That Even are Dave no Ramsey longer. talked about this. And yeah. that guy is such a, he's an icon of success. I love the guy. He's humble. Yeah. I, I respect his faith. I resonate with his faith, his discipline. Even though I think his whole strategy is not as good for entrepreneurs, it's for people who aren't supposed to be entrepreneurs, which is fine. I would rather take greater risks. He said hiring people has been the hardest thing. And here's the thing. The closer you get to someone, the more value you get, the more pleasure you get out of that relationship, but also the more they can hurt you. If hmm. your neighbor cusses you out, yeah, not a big deal. But if your spouse or your kid does that or your brother or sister, it hurts a lot more, your parent. Hmm. All right, I'm going to go with the next one. So here's the next one, you guys. Be honest with yourself. And Josiah, you earlier talked about self-awareness. It really ties in a lot. Yeah. Know your strengths and your struggles. 
This is so key. In other words, become okay with understanding you will never be badass at everything and you probably shouldn't be because if you are, you should be Superman or part of the Justice League <laughs> or Avengers. Because Well, even Superman has a weakness, right? No, that's true. Kryptonite. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. I don't think Batman has any weaknesses though, does he? Oh, yeah. What? He's human. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As Superman's a human, not a human, right? As a human, what are his weaknesses? He sucks at relationships. He'd be yeah. a horrible boss. He, he's like, he's a, one of the kind best like superheroes Jobs. just because he's very cold. Yeah, it makes him good. Yeah. Wait a minute. I see no an one illustration can get for business. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to become cold now? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm Batman. So, yeah, be honest with yourself. One of the things I've done as a ritual for years is when I get up in the morning and stand in front of the mirror, I'll say the only person that can get between you and success is you. And when people get upset or complain or whine, about their business, whatever they're going through, or they're complaining about their parents. And I get it. Parents can make your life miserable. Your boss can do this, but they can't actually control you, at least once you're an adult. They can't, unless you let them. Is I'll say, I get it. That hurts, that hurts, that hurts. But remember something, at the end of the day, those people only control you if you allow them to. Hmm. And that ties into stop caring about what people think. Oh, man. Because what the Gary V talks about self-awareness yeah. and caring about stop caring about what pe other people think of you because they're so important. They tie in because let's, there's a lot of people who either their parents or their friends or even their, uh, you know, their spouses, their sons and daughters say, you know, you're, I think you should do this. Or I think it would be really cool if you did this. Yeah. Or, Here's a practical example. A parent wants their son to become a doctor. Right. But the, the son doesn't want to become a doctor. He loves making music. Yeah. But because the parents are not used to, they don't, it's hard for them to understand his love for music. Yeah. Then they still feel like, oh man, why, why would he want to make music? Yeah. You know? And then the son starts feeling, you know, these, this, uh, tension yeah. because he's, he's like, should I go with what my parents say or should I go with what I love to do? And that's why it's, so important for you to do what you love to do without caring about what other people say. Like don't, th don't do things based on what other people think. Do things because you love to do it. And someone might argue against that and say, but wait, the parents are being wise. They realize if you go into a music career, your chances of making money are far less than if you become a doctor or a lawyer or an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But here would be my counter to that argument. I bet that every single greedy, find the greediest entrepreneurs, wealthiest, greediest people you can find. And I'm not equating greed with wealth, by the way, guys. I'm saying there are some wealthy people who are incredibly greedy. I bet you what really drives them has nothing to do with money, but the identity hole in their heart that they're trying to fill with mm -hmm. coins of gold because they feel empty on the inside. Yeah. They feel empty. So they have to make money to shore up the inadequacy but it never does exactly and it actually isn't money money's being used for an end goal now take another scenario okay let's just say that's um bobby Huggins-Buckles. now let's talk about lucy pickleberry okay lucy pickleberry she wants to make money so she can bring her hum her, hum, her husband home <laughs> from his job so they can do life together and sell on amazon from their computers by by the way we have multiple students now who are doing this around the world they travel the world they make tons of money on their laptop, like a hundred times more than their boss ever paid them. It's amazing. Yeah. So I'm saying this to give you guys hope. You can do this too. But Lucy Pickleberry, Josiah, she's making money because she wants the relationship with her spouse. Right. She wants that time. She wants the relationship with her kid, her dog, especially her cat. 
That's so important to her. Yeah. And as a result, she actually has a rich life. But take Bobby Hugglespuckleberry, whatever his name was, who's doing it to fill a void. It's like you said, it's never enough. So what it, what does it do? He starts stepping on people. He starts cheating and lying, doing whatever it takes, screwing people over, undercutting people, destroying relationships. Because he can never find. Because he wants money. But the problem isn't money. Yeah. People think, oh, you just love money. That isn't true. The root of money is, is the, the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, not money. Money's never the problem. It's mm-hmm. what it's what your reason is. And I would challenge every single person out here listening right now, if you want to make money, yeah, we could teach you how to do it. We've made lots of it and we've struggled a lot. We made lots of mistakes. We can show you how not to make those mistakes. But if the reason you want money is to fill a void in your heart, I cannot help you. And I won't because I'm just feeding an addiction. Like it's like saying, hey, you feel empty today. You need, shoot me up with some heroin, heroin, brother. That's not going to help you by giving you more heroin. Right. We need to fix the heart problem first. And this is why entrepreneurialism is really never about money. It is about the heart and your, your desire for life. Yeah. And that's why it's important. You need to understand yourself. Be self-aware. What, what is your, where are you putting your identity? Are you putting your identity in the right place? Because those people who love money over everything else, they're putting their identity in money. Yeah. And that's why it causes destruction. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We got a couple more. Here we go. How about this one? Quit trying to make everything perfect. <laughs> this is a funny story. You want to tell it? You want sure. me to tell it? I'll tell it. Go for it. You guys are going to like this. All right. True so story. When, when we were in Sweden, um, we were kayaking. <laughs> and it was a very windy day that day. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to I need marshmallows over a fire. Will you tell me this story? It, it, <laughs> Can you do a British why accent, Josiah? Yes. It was a very windy day. It was. It was quite brilliant. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so we were kayaking and uh, we were close to the shore because I think uh, we were trying to get off on land or something. We, were, we made a stop somewhere. And all of a sudden, the we were, was it a lake or a river? It's it was a river. a river. Yeah, big the river. The river yeah. started making these huge waves towards big. us. Big. Like, like they were pretty mighty. That's, <laughs> yeah. And we were in these really tiny, very uh, not stable, unstable kayaks. <laughs> and so at one point when these waves were coming towards us, Adelie and Kimberly. Adelie is... is my youngest child and my sister and kk is kimberly my, my mother exactly. <laughs> boom got yeah. it <laughs> and it just totally capsized the whole, entire kayak like it, it was bad it, yeah it it literally went from <laughs> what's the right word it it was on level top, yeah <laughs> right level, side up <laughs> and then it totally flipped over yeah and so they're in the water and you know adelie was screaming and it, it was it was waist deep so it's not like she was drowning or yeah. it was like stomach chest deep yeah it, I, it wasn't like dangerous but it was, was she was terrified happy. by the way we got her permission to share the story yes like she did this blood curdling scream that was like I don't know how to explain it. I got scared when yeah, I... Yeah, it was like, scary. When, it was like... When, when women scream like I that, I was much I more just scared fear, than I, I needed fear. to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then my wife was getting really upset. She's yeah. like, Seth, help her. Seth, help her. And it's like, how? I was trying to get yeah, out of the kayak. Yeah, because locked into the kayak. Yeah, it's really, really hard to get out. Yeah. And so I'm trying to wait to wait over there. While yeah. the waves are still coming. Because yeah. they're still coming while they're just, you know, standing there in the water. Right. So as you guys can imagine, Adelie loves kayaking now. <laughs> That's <laughs> her best nightmare. I don't. I don't think she's gonna go kayaking ever again. I don't think we could pay her to do it. Yeah, uh, but the the point of this story is well. You, here, you you say this. One. Yeah. So as a result, she's soaked. She did not want to go in the kayak anymore. My wife didn't either, and they were both pretty pissed. 
And so I was like, well, I'm going to still go. She's like, well, why? I was like, because I want to enjoy this. We paid for it. I want to get video and this is amazing. I want to hang out. And so she said, okay, I'm going to walk back. Well, the problem was she had no shoes because the starting point is where you leave your shoes, you get in the kayak, you, you go down the river and then you get to another point where you can get your shoes and everything. I think they drive you back. I forget. So she walked back through the woods barefoot, both of them soaked because KK got out. She got drenched as well. And they had to walk a long ways and they're shivering. They're cold. They're hungry. They're tired. They're walking through the woods. I'm not kidding guys. And they encounter, they come upon a Swedish cottage. I'm not kidding. Outside the cottage is a wedding, like a traditional 1800s wedding. Like this, you felt like you time warped and they're going, what is this? And they walk up, they find this lady named Pia. She was the wedding planner. She gave them shoes. She gave them water. This is like <laughs> the Good Samaritan story. Yes. She drove them back to the canoe place and it turned out to be quite the adventure. And the reason we're sharing this story is you could look back at that story as a terrible, terrible time. Like, man, that was discouraging. We got wet, capsized, suffered, barefoot, blisters. Yeah. But what did Adelie say last night? She said, she said to my wife, her mom, KK, she said, mom, that is my favorite mem memory with you. The next one is quit trying to please people. Just stop trying to please people. If you're, if you're living your life trying to make people happy, then you'll never be happy. You're letting other people control your happiness. Uh, think about it. Who cares what people think? In fact, one thing I've done, Josiah, and I might've gone a little too far is sometimes I'll do things just to make myself uncomfortable, just to get over that fear of people. And it really helps. Like if I don't feel like asking someone how they're doing, sometimes I'll just ask them, how are you doing? And in fact, that leads into the next one is do something that makes you afraid every single day. Here, here's a good example. Yeah. Um, well, this not might not be... I Just guess go fearful, it. but yeah, being kind to someone who's really hurt you. Oh man, that takes showing a lot of grace. Courage. Yeah, uh, that's one of the hardest things for me to do. Is yeah. like if if it could be something small, it could be you know someone divorced you or cheated on you, and just showing them grace and giving when they when you don't feel like they deserve it, you feel so much better. Yeah. And I'm not saying enable them. And I know you're not saying, we're not yeah. saying let them keep living as they are and don't, you know, set up a boundary. You got to set yeah. a boundary. But if you can rise up high enough to say, you know what, I'm going to live my life. I can't help you because you're not changing, but I forgive you. I, I love you. I'll give you a hug. If I have to say goodbye, I will, but I'm going to live my life full. And now all of a sudden that toxic relationship is gone. And, and they have, they have no fire yeah. to it. Yeah, you're heaping burning coals upon their head, like the scriptures say. Like you're you're not doing it to mock them, but you're you're taking the higher road and it leaves it takes the gun out of their hand. They have nothing right. now. You know, they've said that bitterness is a poison and always poisons the person who is bitter. And they'll always they'll they'll never forget that either. Yeah. I know I've never forgotten forgotten, you know, people who've shown love towards me when I didn't deserve it and yeah. I was, you know, rude to them. Yeah. I think if everyone is too, truly honest, we could say there are times in our life where we didn't deserve forgiveness and we received it at some level from someone. And if we can remember that and pass that on, oh my goodness, yeah, I was going to change that. the world. That's the coolest thing. People pass it on without even realizing. People who've shown, who've, you know, people who have received a lot of grace just naturally yeah. show a lot of grace to other people. Yep, absolutely. Guys, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Josiah, thank you for being here again. Absolutely. And I hope that everyone listening, that this has given you some level of hope, of courage, of success, of taking that next step you need to take to become the person that you were created to be. We love you guys. 
We hope that this has helped you. If we've offended you, it doesn't bother us because we're not living to please you. We want to help you. (laughs) And you guys have an awesome day. And for those of you guys who have asked, I'll share it really quickly. A lot of you have said, well, Seth, tell us more about the Done For You by Just One Dime. Just go to a website. It's very simple. Justonedime.com forward slash done hyphen for hyphen you. Or you could put it this way. Justonedime.com forward slash. Can you believe I said forward slash Joe? I can believe it. Why did I do that? You grew up in that generation. What generation am I again? Uh, Generation X. And what are you? You're, you're Z, aren't Z. you? Yeah, Generation Z. <laughs> they skipped Y. You remember back in the days when they would go www.dot? Well, they, they a lot of people <laughs> Some still people do. Some people still do. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> that makes me laugh. Yeah. But what well, makes you laugh is the one who says forward slash. I know. <laughs> Why would we ever do a backslash? That would be weird, right? Yeah. So anyways, one more time. Justonedime.com slash D-O-N-E done dash, like a hyphen, for F-O-R dash U. What that means is our company will build your Amazon business for you, but you have to be approved. We are not accepting everyone. Right now, we've only booked meetings with 10% of everyone who's applied. Everyone gets a response. And then of those, there's a percentage we actually accept in. This is for people who have capital, but they don't want to take the time to learn to build the business, which our 50 plus years of combined experience, we bring to the table. Yeah, and it's not only capital, but also mindset, because we've rejected people who have lots of capital, but we're like- you know, We're not needy for money. Like, yeah. Exactly. We've encountered we've some people who are people. a-holes. Yeah. And like, I, I just, I'm blunt. I'm like, I, I don't want to work with be honest, I don't like you. Yeah. Like, I, life is too short. I want to work with people that I like to be around. Yeah. I like positive Agreed. people. Yep. Cool. All right. You guys have an awesome day. Josiah, you want to beatbox it out? Let's do it. <laughs>